0: Make it simple, make it memorable, make it inviting to look at, and make it fun to read. This is a quote from the advertising pioneer, the unforgettable Leo Burnett. I took Leo's advice and here I am again with a new episode, and I assure you that it's going to be fun to listen to. So, welcome again to a brand new, memorable, and fun-to-listen-to episode of your favorite design and advertising podcast, The Snack Podcast. You probably figured by now that today we are going to have a nice little chat about Leo Burnett, his agency, and some of his work. The reason why we included him in the podcast is definitely obvious. Burnett is a true legend of advertising and a master of copy. Named by Time Magazine as one of the 100 most influential people of the 20th century, Leo Burnett was a titan of the advertising industry. Leo Burnett was born and raised on the 20th of October, 1891 in Michigan. Noble Burnett, his father, had a clothing store, and Leo was raised looking at his father creating ads for his store on the little kitchen table. He was using big pieces of wrapping paper and a big black pencil and a yardstick, which is the reason why Leo loved the big black Alpha 245 pencils. After being sick of creating ads for the same old shop with his dad, he got himself a job at the local typography. He started by cleaning the machines, but soon he mastered the art of typography, so he got promoted. Soon enough, the Peora Journal offered him a job, but as most generalists at the beginning of their career, money represented a higher interest, so he started writing ad copy for the Cadillac Motor Car Company. Burnett had the luck of working there at the same time when the great copywriter Theodore F. McManus wrote ads for the same company. He taught him a lot and it reflected in his work performance. He rose to become advertising manager of Cadillac, which kept his job open for him while he served for six months as a seaman second class during the Great War. In 1918, Leo married Naomi Geddes. The couple met at a small restaurant near the Cadillac offices, where Naomi worked as a cashier. They went on to have three children, Peter, Joseph, and Phoebe. Fast forward 17 years, Leo funded his own company. The Leo Burnett Company, Inc., was based in Chicago in a small suite at the Palmer House. The company started relatively humble, with eight employees, three clients, and a working capital of $50,000. For the first decade of Burnett opening his company, he only billed about $1 million in the first few years of business running, and then eventually moving up to $10 million annually. However, in 1950, his billing more than doubled to $22 million, and by 1954, the company was at $55 million annually. And by the end of the 1950s, the Leo Burnett company was billing $100 million annually. Those are some incredible numbers, and you might ask yourself, what could possibly make him so successful? Well, first off, Burnett approached advertising differently. He used dramatic realism and the soft sell techniques to build brand equity. He believed that the only way of presenting the drama of a product is by creating a sense of warmth, an experience, or a shared emotion. This is evident on such campaigns as Jolly Green Giant, Tony the Tiger, Pillsbury Doughboy, and of course the famous Marlboro Man. Speaking of which, let's see how that ad came to being and the story of it. The Marlboro ad is said to be one of the most successful advertisement campaigns of all time. It transformed a feminine campaign with the slogan, Mild as May, into one of the most masculine in a matter of months. The message was simple. Everyone can be a Marlboro man. I browsed the almighty YouTube to find some of Marlboro's ads, so here's what I found.
1: Fort Griffin. A quarter million Longhorns pass through here every year on the trail north, but that was a hundred years ago in the days of the Texas frontier. Today's Longhorns, Marlboro 100s in the big gold pack or famous Marlboro flip-top bucks. The Longhorns, new Marlboro 100s so you can spend a little more time in Marlboro country.
0: I hope you enjoyed that. Just a friendly reminder smoking is very bad for your body, and we don't support it. What's really interesting about Burnett is his lifestyle. Although his company was making him a fortune, deep inside he was still an artist. The way he dressed, the way he looked, he didn't resemble the image that we generally have in mind when we think of the director of a multi million dollar agency. He was quite memorable. While Ogilvy looked domish, a burn back resembled the guy next door, Leo was beyond simple. Rumpled, jowly, and balding, his heavy horn-rimmed glasses perched on his nose. He was humble, but at the same time, stubborn. He built the agency on family values. However, he worked so much he was rarely home. Also, he wasn't a very good speaker, either. However, he was a master of copy and a craftsman of words. There is one recording of Leo public speaking that I found, but the quality isn't very good, so bear with me. It was the 70s after all.
1: When to take my name off the door. Somewhere along the line, after I am finally off the premises, you or your successors may want to take my name off the premises too. You may want to call yourselves Twain, Rogers, Sawyer, and Finn, Incorporated. (laughs) Or Ajax Advertising. (laughs) Or something. That will certainly be okay with me if it's good for you. But let me tell you when I might demand that you take my name off the door. That will be the day when you spend more time trying to make money and less time making advertising, our kind of advertising. When you forget that the sheer fun of ad making and the lift you get out of it, the creative climate of the place should be as important as money to the very special breed of writers and artists and business professionals who compose this company of ours and make it tick. When you lose that restless feeling that nothing you do is ever quite good enough. When you lose your itch to do the job well for its own sake, regardless of the client, or the money, or the effort it takes, when you lose your passion for thoroughness, your hatred of loose ends, when you stop reaching for the manner, the overtone, the marriage of words and pictures that produces the fresh, the memorable, and the believable effect. When you stop rededicating yourselves every day to the idea that better advertising is what the Leo Burnett company is all about. When you are no longer what Thoreau called a corporation with a conscience, which means to me a corporation of conscientious men and women. When you begin to compromise your integrity, which has always been the heart's blood the very guts of this agency. When you stoop to convenient expediency and rationalize yourselves into acts of opportunism for the sake of a fast buck. When you show the slightest sign of crudeness, inappropriateness, or smart aleckness, and lose that subtle sense of the fitness of things. When your main interest becomes a matter of size just to be big rather than good, hard, wonderful work. When your outlook narrows down to the number of windows from zero to five in the walls of your office. When you lose your humility and become big shot Weisenheimers, a little too big for your boots. When the apples come down to being just apples for eating or for polishing, no longer part of our tone, our personality. When you disapprove of something and start tearing the hell out of the man who did it rather than the work itself. When you stop building on strong and vital ideas and start a routine production line. When you start believing that in the interest of efficiency, a creative spirit and the urge to create can be delegated and administered and forget that they can only be nurtured, stimulated and inspired when you start giving lip service to this being a creative agency and stop really being one. Finally, when you lose your respect for the lonely man, the man at his typewriter or his drawing board or behind his camera or just scribbling notes with one of our big black pencils or working all night on a media plan, when you forget that the lonely man, and thank God for him, has made the agency we now have possible. When you forget, he's a man who, because he's reaching harder, sometimes actually gets hold of, for a moment, one of those hot, unreachable stars. That, boys and girls, is when I shall insist to take my name off the door. And by golly, it will be taken off the door. Even if I have to materialize well enough some night, Rub it out myself on every one of your floors. And before I dematerialize again, I will paint out that star reaching symbol, too. And burn all the stationery. <laughs> Perhaps tear up a few ads in passing. And throw every goddamn apple down the elevator shaft. <laughs>
0: I hope that his determination inspired you. Leo Burnett was and still is a genuine advertising legend and a pioneer. I hope you learned something from him. And that's all for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did making it. If you did, your advertiser friends will most likely love it too, so make sure you share it. Until next time, keep being awesome.